Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I am excited to have Angela Navarra back on. We had talked about freelancing as an illustrator and as a designer, making collections, doing, uh, having an agent. We're going to dig into that a little bit more because we barely even scrape the surface with the answers. So I'm going to make my questions short and sweet, but I want you to give just a real quick uh, five-minute uh, background about you, a little bit of your work history, and then kind of what you're doing now, just in case somebody didn't come to the last show. So Angela, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Um, so I'm an illustrator and designer. Um, I freelance and I work part-time um, right now because I'm home taking care of my son on a, like a couple days a week and then a few days a week I'm able to work and nights. Um, but I primarily work in children's publishing. So, um, but I love like lettering. I work with, with licensing. I work with licensed properties as an illustrator and as a designer, creating style guides and all. I like doing a lot of things. <laughs> so it, I think it's good to have yeah. multiple things that you're doing because it allows you to be more uh, marketable because then you don't have all your eggs maybe in one basket if you're just doing book publishing and you just aren't getting enough. So I know Josh Lewis is in kind of kids as well. So I'm yes. sure this is, he will, if, enjoy this episode, right, Josh? Awesome. Um, but so I think that it's good that you kind of have, and he kind of spreads himself out as well because you just never know when things are coming. But one of the things I think you've done really well is that you've still had personal projects. You do juggle being a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there, you have had an agent, but then you also get work on your own. And so that's kind of a tricky thing as well. And one of the things I also found really fascinating about your story. So you've had an agent, you've had multiple agents, you've tried mm -hmm. people out, you kind of went the Goldilocks method, right? You had yeah. one that was, um, uh, not so great one, another one, not perfect. And then you found kind of a right fit, but yeah. then you also get work on your own. So, um, uh, in, in, uh, last time you really shared a lot about your journey in this kind of getting an agent and working as a freelancer. Yes. Um, you learned a lot of positive and negatives and, mm -hmm. and you about having an agent yes. and working with them. Um, what would you, just to kind of get this agent stuff out of the way, what would you, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's looking for an agent and, and why, what would be some advantages? Like, Jacob over in Portugal, would it be an advantage for him to have an agent stateside or do you know what I mean? Like some of the things that maybe, um, distance, uh, per, per, prohibits or something. You know, I feel like because there's so many different avenues to connect with everybody, I feel like distance really doesn't play that big for, for in my experience. Um, cause I have, the agent that I currently have is in the UK and I don't, I mean, they definitely have more connections, um, but they also have a wide reach in the United States as well. Um, maybe I, I think probably it, it opens up a different Avenue for mm -hmm. my work that people that I can't reach. Right. So having like somebody else, like this is, <laughs> no one's asked me that quite. That's a great question. So I'm like, well, actually, like there's people that have been interested in my work that I probably would have never been able to reach because they're in Europe. Um, but all my clients that I've gotten on my own are from the United States. So I think it actually works. I kind of like it. Is your I, agent in America or are they? In they're in the UK. Okay. The other agents I had were in the United States. 
Hmm. I never got any work from any European companies with the other two agents. But with this one, I, I, there's definitely a greater reach to have that. And plus they have a lot of connections in the United States too, in children's publishing. Um, so, which is awesome. So yeah, I guess it does make a, it does make a difference <laughs> depending on your agent's connections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, at first I said no, but so, yes. <laughs> but what would you tell somebody, like, how would you tell somebody to, uh, this was one of the things I thought you had such great insight with because you did kind of have the Goldilocks story. Yeah. You had things to look for and, th- and some things are personality wise, right? There are things yes. that might work for somebody else, but it didn't work for you. Can you just share a little bit about what you would be looking for and some things that maybe in the beginning you didn't know to look for? Uh, to look for in what? In an agent, like oh, in, in an agent, somebody yes. representing you. Okay. So I think that whatever artist looking for an agent should really know more or less the kind of work that they're interested in getting. Like if you know, you're interested in getting editorial work or advertising, or you just want to do just licensing, um, you shouldn't have that filter when looking at different agents. Because at first I was like, like just sending my work to everybody and anybody that'll take it. Um, And I didn't, I didn't really understand different industries as well as I do now, but I was like, they're an art agent. Right. Awesome. If somebody's interested, yeah, all the better. But like I, when I learned to have to zero in and really, cause I tried a bunch of different types of projects and I realized, Ooh, I definitely want to get into doing licensing. Mm. go try to see what their portfolio is in that arena. Cause they'll have the greatest connections to get you that kind of work. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So, all right. So, um, what were some of, um, one of the things I asked you, I was like, did, with a contract, do you, do you have to, if you get work, do you have to pay your agent that? And you said, no, because you've worked it out in your contract with that agent. Yes. But that's, so those are some like super insights that maybe you wouldn't have known at, as your very first agent. But now, since you've been down this road before, now you know what to ask for. I guess that's kind of some of that advice that's just nuggets that we, oh, I didn't even know we could ask for that. Or I didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's definitely one thing because there have been clients that I've worked with for years that I, you know, I spent a lot of my own time forming these relationships and, you know, there's a section on the contract and you could always talk to your agent about that. Um, if someone's about to sign you and you put down all the names that you, um, have worked with all your clients that you mm-hmm. don't feel like it's fair. Honestly, I have, I have had some clients for like four or five years and I'm like, well, they're my client, <laughs> you know, and I've really worked hard on this relationship. Um, and they're totally cool with it. You just, you just really have to remember, even if there are a couple of people that I forgot to write down because it's not work that I consistently get from them, but I, have cultivated these relationships. So I've forgotten, but really make sure, like just put on anybody that you can. <laughs> like right, you're not right. gonna lose, you're not gonna like lose out just by having, you're just maintaining that relationship and just be as clear as possible. Um, um, and what what else? There were other- are, Yeah, so what are some other things that you've made sure were in your contract? And is, is your contract, do you re-sign it every year? Is it a three-year contract? Yeah. So we re-sign uh, every year, um, and 
I mean, you're supposed to, I, I guess I have it actually. That's a good reminder, <laughs> but yeah. And it's a good time to like review what things are going on that you're happy with and what that you, you want to improve upon, you know, like maybe you'd want to have more meetings with your agent to go over trends, or maybe you want to see like, you know, just, just a check-in, like what's going on, what's, what's topical right now. Um, yeah. So those are, so yearly is an, uh, or maybe there's some terms to your contract that you want to change or, you know, that client that I forgot, which I'm remembering <laughs> that right. I'd like to add that I, you know, don't work with all the time, but I've known them for years. Um, so it just gives you an opportunity to do that. Um, and everything is negotiable. I, the first time I received a contract, I was like, Oh, I got a contract and I'm so close right. to signing it. I'm so excited. Yeah. But you know, don't, don't there, they want you. If you have a contract, they're interested in working with you. And this is just the beginning of you right. guys, you know, you and your agent really opening the lines of communication. And if this part is already going to be difficult with your agent, it really foreshadows down the road how your relationship is going to be with this agent. And it might not be the worst thing if they're already being difficult <laughs> to right. be like, you know what? I think I'm just going to move on. So it's don't, don't be, I was really scared at first. And I was like, I want to negotiate the rate. Is this rate normal? Is this percentage normal? But um, it's not only rate, right? And it could also be time frame, or it could yes. be amount of projects, the scope yes. of projects. And those are things I think you need to talk with your agent about is here's the type of work I'd like to do. Here's the time frame that it yes. takes me to do something like this. And then I'd like to do, you know, 18 of these a year or four of these a year or whatever. Um, I guess it's having some of those kind of, and if you're new, you may not know. So yeah, it could be, Hey, how many is asking that question? How many pieces do you think that I could, and that I could do within a year or in three months? you asking your agent, how many would they be able to fit you with? And obviously it's just a number. They can't for sure guarantee that. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's kind of like, and then with those trends, I think that that's what we're going to get to a little bit later is you said, cause really you have to continually work new work you and that's personal projects or that's yeah. the things that are on the side, or it's like time you have for doing these research, new things because that's where trends go. And so having these conversations about trends with your agent or with other designers and illustrators is really critical because you can't probably just do the same thing you did 10 years ago and still be yeah. making a living, right? You know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some work that I have that I'm like, wow, I made that card 10 years ago. <laughs> that works. And sometimes, yeah. So you just got to keep, keep fresh. Um, and you really got to like, just see what's out there. Even when you go into shops, or, mm -hmm. you know, and see the kind of imagery that they're using on clothing, on, on linens, on baby swaddles, on, it's just really good to expose yourself to all that constantly. And then to have your agent kind of confirm like, oh yeah, you know, these are, you know, these, these are what these animals are really hot right now. Is there any way you could incorporate these animals into your card design or into mm -hmm. your patterns and things like that? So yeah, so they really have like, you know, they... I spend time and unfortunately not as much as I used to researching trends. I love it. I could like really get sucked into the, the, the vortex of the internet for like hours. And I'm like, man, I was, I just spent three hours looking up different kinds of unicorn. Like, <laughs> I was like, 
oh man, I really miss being able to do that. Like all, I used to do stuff like that all the time, but now I'm like, I need to condense because I just don't have with a kid. You right. know, I just don't have as much the luxury to do that as often. And, you know, at night when he goes to sleep, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to look up sloths for like four hours. And then I'm like, yeah, like, I'm just like, I'm just like so tired. I'm like, I don't, I'm so tired. Right? <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. But okay. So, so I feel like we've, we've covered that one. So sometimes yeah. it feels like we just need, um, we just need an agent to get a big break, I think, or yeah. we, you know, we need a break to get the bigger client work. Or do you think having an agent was key or do you think having an agent was key to kind of breaking into a new industry, like a uh, licensing, or do you feel like that didn't make a difference? Um, you know, I, a little bit, um, I'd have to say like maybe, 50 50 because they shed a lot of insight as to the, the way the trends and what's going on and they have connections like direct connections with licensors and companies to pitch your work to um, but but I also have posted a lot of my stuff on social media and built my own contacts and I've gotten some awesome projects just on my own. Like my, one of my favorites was working on baby swaddles and I got that, like I, I, I've gotten projects like that on my own. Um, but the agents are constantly like, you know, I, I've heard that they pitched my work to TJ Maxx and, and Target and things like that. I didn't have connections like that, but art directors are always looking like they're looking on, Instagram, they're looking on uh, Dribble. I mean, I just got a, my first editorial assignment through Dribble, which they were like, we saw your lettering. And I'm like, how awesome. I've been wanting to get uh, my work into magazines for so long. And it wasn't through my agent. It was because I had Dribble, a Dribble account. Right. They're always looking. And even when I look for illustrators, I'm, I don't only look through agents. I look on Instagram. I look on Pinterest. I look any other, I look on, um, Behance. I look on all these different and you you just find your, I'm always pleasantly surprised, you know, and I, it's, and I always love reaching out to an illustrator and asking them for samples and starting a new relationship. It's easy to go to an agent website when you know that agent kind of specializes in, you know, a certain type of, right the certain illustrators that you're interested in hiring. It is easy, but then there's times when you're like, I want to see what I could find out there. And they're always, we're always looking. People are always looking for illustrators via social media. So this is a great question. Um, this doc has this because uh, of the social media. So did, did you ask that per, the person who you just got the, from Dribble? did yeah. you ask them if they were searching through um, like hashtags or, or was it an organic search and they were just looking and they found you? Do you know which one? That's a great question. I didn't ask. I didn't ask if she found me through hashtags. She just told me she found me through Dribble. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe she put in like, you know, lettering, you know, cause I do, I do. I know you could put tags on each of your pieces. Right. I mean, when I look, I, I, search for specific things. Like if I'm looking for someone to draw a dolphin, I want to see like all the people that have drawn dolphins and what my, what kind of dolphin, I mean, right. it's going to streamline the process. Um, but if, you know, if you see an amazing illustrator and I'm sure, you know, you could ask him to do a dolphin sample. <laughs> like, right. so it's just about, you know, it's just about like taking the time to just 
sieve, like look through everything mm -hmm. um, and keeping your work current. Um, Cause when you post more, you're at the top of the feed and you, you're seen more. Um, so share, sharing, whatever, you'll never know who's going to, whose attention you're going to get really. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. So being on dribble has been, do you have the hire me button chosen? I do. Cause I okay. pay for an account. Yeah. And it's like yes. $25 a year. Yeah. It's, it's so worth it. It's it, so yeah. worth it. And I it's agree. so easy to post on there too. Cause there's other websites that like I've advertised on, um, that are just so tedious to update. And it just really discourages me from sharing any work, but they're so easy. It's like share, like a share a shot and just put it up there. And it's, it's, it's so easy. It's so awesome. And you don't have to be like paralyzed. Like sometimes I'm like, this isn't really where I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to share it. I'm going to stop doing that. So just share your process. It's awesome. So do you think that, um, I think you, you talked about this a little bit about making connections in the industry with art directors because art directors are the ones that are co contacting the agents art directors this could be editorial this could can you hear that loud noise i could what is that is that like a they're doing screen printing and <laughs> they are <laughs> not supposed to be pressure washing during this is that what that is okay that is i'm going to text <laughs> that professor um, because they're not supposed to do it during this one hour um, but all right. So anyway, I just wanted to know if you guys could hear it, but so how, how do you start? Like, how would you start a relationship with an art director? Maybe if, um, like if it's, uh, somebody who maybe it's editorial since you hadn't ever done, um, editorial and now maybe you have a job doing editorial or if maybe it's licensing, um, how would you start that? Cause obviously this has happened, um, or, or what would you do to kind of woo them? Because obviously you've niched down now, you know, the specifics of the industry. How would you do that? Um, that's really, that's tough because I don't know, like it, it was a tough, uh, area to get into because I don't have connections within the editorial and magazine industry. Um, and they were things that I cold emailed. Uh, like I remember wanting to do illustration for real simple or like I, there are these magazines where I see that my illustration style might, we have a similar aesthetic. So I thought of reaching out and I cold emailed a couple of people and I, I didn't hear a response. Unfortunately, um, I would probably try to find them on LinkedIn too. Okay. I think that's really, um, cause I've, I've done stuff where I'm like, oh, art director, real simple, or creative director, so-and-so. And I friend request them with like a small note, not just a generic, like right. I'd like to add you to my LinkedIn network. I'm like, oh, awesome. So yeah, just something a little personal. I'm a big fan of your magazine and I love the work that you do and I'd love to connect with you. And if they accept, then you kind of go in and like send them your that's what I've done. I send my website and I'm like, I would love the opportunity to work with you. Um, here's my work. Let me know when you have a chance, like, you know, anything that you know, we could work on together or, or just if I could add you to my mailing list, that's always an in for me. Right. Like, hey, I send a, I should send an email every month, but I sent one in like three months. <laughs> yeah. So like I send out an email about my work and usually I get a yes. So that's another way to kind of, you know, start that relationship, start that relationship. And then sometimes they'll even respond to the emails that I send and they're like, this is awesome. We were just working on, you know, birds or like, you know, 
cat illustrations and you know <laughs> this is so topical or like that you did this lettering project because we need script lettering for this and just because it doesn't happen immediately like it, it, it might happen it's good to have their information and to keep that connection right going you know so yeah. that's really one way that I've been able been doing it all right, so asking you about social media. So how often are you trying to post? Because obviously sometimes with projects, you're, you are on an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, and you can't yeah. post. So how do you keep your feed fresh? Is mm -hmm. this through personal projects? Are you just have, or do you just post once a week? Or do you have kind of a system? And, and maybe you don't have a system down yet now, but you're working towards one or you mm -hmm. have had one in the past, but now your kid's bigger and <laughs> takes more time. So, um, can you kind of talk about that? Cause I think, I don't think there's a recipe, right? I think it's going to be different for everybody. Yes. But I also think we forget or we get, we think, Oh, well, nobody responded to this, but I also think it's about fresh being top of mind. Like you yes. said, the more you post on dribble, the better you remember you. Yeah. yeah. Seen in feeds. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so basically I do little lately what I've been doing because I'm always nervous about sharing something before it's published. I'll take mm. like a section of something that I'm working on, like an interestingly cropped section of the work that I'm doing, mm. or I'll be pretty vague about what I'm working on. Um, so I don't want to be specific, but I'll say working on this illustration with working on this lettering project. And I don't say who it's for, or what it's for, but I just take like a crop of it before. Um, so that's one way to get around like sharing because you're not really sharing the whole piece. You're sharing like a part of it. Um, so where are you sharing? So Jacob asked, do you also post this on LinkedIn? Yeah, I do. I, okay. I, so, have, I have. Oh, sorry. So what, what, what platform? So Dribble, or would you show a, a partial piece on Dribble? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, I would show. So Dribble, Dribble, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I'll share snippets of it with, uh, and also a good thing that I'm trying to get into right now is, is kind of, especially on LinkedIn, because art directors will take your screenshot and save it and they won't remember who did it. So it's always good to put like, I put like copyright com, so they'll know that it's my work and they'll go, be able to go to the website. So you should always be as much as possible branded that little brand. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like in your face interrupting your artwork, but like, you know, we're always like pulling stuff. And I've yeah. done that so many times where I'm like, crap who illustrated this right and it doesn't say it and I'm like oh she would have been perfect or he would have been perfect and like I, I yeah so that's a really good thing just to get into the habit of doing and just save like a like basically I save like an illustrator file of it and I just slap it on I just drag right. it onto my jpeg just to keep it as easy as possible and to you don't have to do it every time right it's annoying you know so right yes so and I also have a calendar <laughs> invite that reminds me to share things. Oh, every, that's a great idea. Yes, because I seriously get so wrapped up in my life that I forget to do these things. And it's like, share to dribble, Instagram, da, 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 and it actually tells me what I, and I move it around every week. So every Friday. So it's different it. every week. Y yeah. Ah. Yeah. So like, I try to like circulate, but I put all, I put a list of all the social media accounts that I want to share to because I forget. 
Like I forget, mm-hmm. like the, it, it, like Instagram is top of mind. I'll only share on Instagram. And I'm, then I look at my little calendar invite. I'm like, oh, this is something that I could actually put on Pinterest because it's finished. Right. So I don't share like, ha- like work that's not, that's work that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then like, I'll remember to see all those things because I forget, I forget, especially lately. Like my memory is like, <laughs> I'm like, where are my glasses? Oh my God. They're <laughs> on my face. They're on my face. I've done that like eight times in the past month. Yeah. So, so. So I love that. I've also done that. <laughs> yeah. so, so how often is it once a week that you're sharing and you just move it around to different times? I, I have, yes. So I have it on my, it, my calendar that I'm sharing once a week, but then sometimes I'm like, I don't really have anything to share. So then I just move it to the next Friday. Okay. Yeah. So you did, cause I'm like, no, I don't need to add pressure to myself in this right. arena. So I'm like, Bloop, let's just move it to the next week and then right. I'll get to it. Yeah. So you're not like, um, um, over posting, at one week and posting 18 things or, or would you spread that out? Like, okay, well I have this thing. I can post it next week. Are you doing any kind of planning like that? I, I do. I try to, but there's some weeks where I'm like, I want to share two things and I'll, I won't share like more than like five in a week. I just, I just, that's just me. But like, right. I notice some illustrators are constantly sharing, which I wish I could do that. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't have enough work to share. <laughs> so well, I, think, I think that's hard. It's because some of these projects take a long time. They and do. It's, I think sharing snippets or detailed parts, I think is a, a tremendous nugget. So I think that's definitely something we all can take away today. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that we forget. I love the idea about doing the, um, the thing in, in the calendar reminder. Yes, it's so helpful. It's so, it's it's like, it was one of the best things that I could do to just like keep on reminding myself, like update your website. And I also put like update my website in there too. I just need to. And then sometimes you're like, oh, you know, these things just go hand in hand. Like, of course I'll remember to update my website. It doesn't, not for me. No, (laughs) No, it doesn't for me either. Yeah, no. So, all right. So, um, has your agent ever wanted you or a client, I guess, uh, ever wanted you to work on an unrealistic timeline? And then how do you handle that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So like there have been times when I have multiple projects and one person is like, we really need this by this time. Like this is non-negotiable. Like, can you deliver? And if, and it just so happens to be an amazing project, and then I'm like, damn it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's such a cool project. And this is so unrealistic. <laughs> so then I talk to the other people that I'm working on stuff with. And I see the other art directors or people that I'm working on projects with. I'm like, is there time? Do, does this, do I have an extra five days? Right. Can I get it? Does this need to be in by this date? And I check in with them to make sure. And then luckily people are flexible and they're like, yeah, we don't need this by this date. You actually have a little more time. We can give you like a week because this hasn't happened or whatever. And then there's sometimes where it's like, no, 
You just have have to say no. You just have to do. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes I just have to say, no, I can't. I made prior commitments to Mm. other people and I can't. And it's been rare that I've had to do that because I will not sleep. Mm. And and I don't recommend doing this, but there have been times where like, I just won't sleep that night just to get this sketch or this proposal out to, or a sample out to an art director. Like there've been times where I'm like, we really need to see something because we want to pitch you to the, to the team. And we want to you like have you as an as an option, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, I'm so excited, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm in a pinch, and I won't sleep that night, or I'll sleep for very few hours. <laughs> um, I don't recommend it, but like you know, there's a rare opportunity that something awesome will come from it, and I'll make the sacrifice and feel like you know a zombie that drinks like eight. 18- Eighteen pounds of coffee the next day, and I had the shakes. Right. Like, oh, yeah. So, All right, but so that's fine. I'll sleep the next day. So you'll do an unrealistic uh, yeah. for a special, uh, uh, amazing client and an opportunity. Yeah. But it's yeah. not something that's happening, and you're doing on a weekly basis. No, right? no, no, no. Like if it's if it's something that I'm like, oh, it's a new client. You know, yeah, I'll do it. I'll I'll hustle. I can't, I used to do it a lot more before I had a kid. I was able to do it and just sleep the next day. But like, I can't because you know, my kid wakes up at like six thirty or seven and then I'm just like, please sleep for 10 more minutes. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're not crying. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, but yeah, it's, I'll make it work because I'm very excited about the opportunity. So doc asks, how long does, I mean, how often does that pay off? It's, it's actually come through, luckily. There have been times where I've done that, and I'm just sorry about that. There have been times when I've done that, and, like, they're, like, I haven't heard from them. And that at least, like, kind of is, like, at least let me know they didn't pick me. Right. <laughs> like, right. So I have to stop them. Like, hey, what's up? How did your meeting go or anything? Um, I'm, like, crickets. I'm so tired. Yeah. But, um, but it, it has paid off because then they pitched it and then I've gotten the project. I'm like, Oh, goody. <laughs> yeah. But it also sets, especially with a new client, it sets the stage that you're willing to do some things to work with them. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be a continuous, Oh, we're always going to screw Angela, you know? Yeah. Uh, right. So she no. comes for us in a pinch all the time, but hopefully that those are, those are some things that that's a great point that they see that you're, you're willing to work on it. Cause I've worked with illustrators that are just flat out like, no. And it's been rare, but there's been a couple of them where they're like, I just can't. And I'm like, darn it. But that's fine. And we'll have to, and they'll work around there. There are times when we work around the illustrator schedule sometimes because we really want to work mm-hmm. with them. So it's all about teamwork and communication. Like right. if you're like, my kid's sick and I really can't, I can't do this. Like I've worked with our directors that are like, okay, when can you get this to me? I can get this to you tomorrow. That's fine. Like, right. so just be like uh, as honest as possible. Don't feel bad or anything about telling them what you're, what, what's actually happening. Like I've actually told people like, Hey, I'm going through a divorce right now. Like, and I have so much paperwork to do for my lawyer that I don't, and it has to be in by this time. Can you, and I'm uh, as honest as possible. And they're like, Oh, okay. And I'm not like lying. I'm not trying to get a special treatment. I'm just being honest about what my current situation is in, what and my I think, current situation is. Right. I think that that is something that sometimes we hold back yes. on, on what 
is really going on in our lives or if you're uh-huh. sick or going yeah. through divorce, those are, or your parent is sick or, or something that yeah. we don't really share and don't ask for that extra little um, gift of time, which yes. maybe they can give it, but obviously you're not always going to have a, a grandmother dying, you know, every no. time they come to a project. So hopefully you're, you're setting a really good standard, but it's about having good communication and also being willing to ask. So not having such pride that you can't ask for help. Exactly. Don't, I I mean, I love it when people do that and they're like, Hey, you know, this is what's happening right now. I'm like, okay, fine. Don't take it, you know, like shit happens in your life. Like, and sometimes you really can't control it. And I try to be as honest and I love it when people, and I'm like, okay, thank you for telling me. I'll see what I could do and get back to you. And then I'm like, we have more time to the right. illustrators. Like I, I can't do it. Right. So, and so happened. I broke my leg. I got really sick. I, of course, I'm like, as long as it's not your hand, right. <laughs> it's not your hand. but okay. Yeah. But I appreciate the honesty and I try to be as honest with people, but I don't take advantage. I don't. Right. Yeah. So, um, all right. So as a parent and as a single parent, Mm -hmm. you have certain non-negotiable things that you can't, um, give up. Uh, you, you can't take certain opportunities become, what are some of those that, um, is, is having for, for you, everybody has maybe different non-negotiables, but is having clarity on what you will and will not do or, or will and cannot adjust, um, is that helpful in, in determining if you're going to be able to take on per projects that are certain time links or that require certain other things like travel, right? For you, that might be something that you're not able to do right now, travel to the UK, but you know what I mean? I yes. don't know if you, that would really, you would really need to travel over there, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, things that have changed now in my life are me being able to be on site as mm. often. Um, I'm not able, like I, I get emails from people and they're like, Hey, we need you on site for the next five weeks. I'm like, I can't do that. But I negotiate and I'm like, can I come in for meetings? And I could come in on this day and I could come in on this day. And usually people are pretty flexible usually. Um, but there's certain non-negotiables when there's presentations and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that like, we need you here for these meetings. And luckily I've been able to work with, um, really awesome people that are like, we really need you every day. But, you know, if you could even come in for a meeting today, it's just easier to go through everything in person or we really need you. So like we could work together. I haven't been able to do those kinds of projects with people are like, we need you here every day with right. working with the team, especially if it's like something that's managing other designers. Mm. I can't, I can't do that um, as much right now. I could, do a couple days, but you know, it's, it's just a little bit more difficult now that I'm, you know, taking care of my son some days of the week. Right. So. And some, sometimes things are time. These things that you're talking about now and right now are time related yes. and some things are price related. So knowing where you are negotiable in a price kind of situation as well. So knowing that is the, maybe the time frames right, but the price is a little bit lower, but you have maybe more time to, or it's a project that is a, maybe you think you want to do book covers or you, I mean, I know you've done book covers, but pretend like you hadn't. Um, yes. So do book covers or you want to do like your editorial design. So it's kind of introducing a new, um, 
I think it's just important to know what your what your lowest level is for somebody in those uh, for a art director. You need to be able to tell them what the what the low low range is um, if yes. if it's somebody who you really do want to work with. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and also I've found in my career like there's times when it's really quiet. And an awesome project's come, like a great project comes around and, you know, I'm like, fine, I'll take it. And and it just so happens that like, it doesn't pay exactly what I want it to pay, but it's a cool opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I could, I built, I'm building a new relationship that could possibly lead to more work down the line. I'll take it. It all depends. For me, each project in my life is so, I have like a bottom that I won't take any less right. and I communicate that in these instances. I'm like, I can't because what it works out to the amount of time that I spend on a project and what it turns out to be hourly is just not going to be worth it for me after right. I have, I have my own expenses that I have to pay for after taxes. Cause a lot of these projects aren't taxed. Right. So these are all things that you need to keep in mind when you have your bottom line, what works for you. Um, but like I said, each project is different. It depends on like, Cause my schedule is so all over, like it's never really, it's not so predictable. Mm-hmm. So I reach out to illustrators that I know probably won't take the budget that I have just as a shot in the dark. And sometimes I've gotten those illustrators to work on projects with me. And sometimes I have not right. And I am the same way as the illustrator. I'm like, that's really low. But, and if I had other projects that were paying right now, I wouldn't be able to do it right now because right. I have other stuff going on. So like be open to, other things because you're building relationships always and you know you never know who that person or where right. that person might go down the line they'll be a creative right. director for somebody and now they're a senior designer but they'll be an art director for another place right so like it's always good to just keep that in mind you know it's relationships right. are really important so doc has a question uh-huh. i think dealing with some of these non-negotiables or yes. if somebody's asking you to do one of these hey i need you to come in this other day so yes. does those requests come with a higher price or do is there because more time um something else is being placed on you uh, that is maybe a, the request wasn't necessarily something that you had planned on or wasn't in the original contract or maybe it is in the original contract and you're kind of figuring it out does that come with a price tag to you? Does that, when they start um, wanting more of your physical time, I think that's one of the biggest ones right now for you. Yes. If you want more physical time, does that come with a price tag? Do you charge more for those? I do because okay. I have to get childcare. Right. So that in itself is going to be a nice chunk of change. I have to pay a nanny to be with my son for the eight hours that I'm going to be in the office. So I'm definitely more expensive now <laughs> than I was before I had a child because I, I didn't have that expense. And that's like a big, like, you know, it's expensive. So if you really you, need, you're not that, just going to have somebody off the street watching your kid, you know, no, exactly. trust. not so yet. <laughs> he has four girls. So he definitely <laughs> hears you on the, awesome. that part. <laughs> yeah. So, Tell me about what are some of the characteristics of projects that, that are just good projects that you take on. So this would be things that you regularly look for that in a normal contract, not people really pushing you like on a non-negotiable. So what are things, characteristics that, that you specifically, I think everybody's going to be different, but what for you? What, what really piques my interest basically in a project. Okay. So, um, 
basically if there's like there's hand lettering and it's children's products and we need imagery for um, certain things and we also need hand lettered quotes for this I mean I'm like all over that like a wet (laughs) t-shirt and when they say that you have I mean this is my favorite and I I love hearing this you have creative liberty to do what you Mm. want with this and I'm like, oh God, yes. <laughs> I love that um, because it's just really, they're like, we don't really have any idea of like what we want and we're totally open to your suggestions and option, uh, like, you know, different options or, and I love that because it shows that they're willing, they're really open and, you know, and sometimes when they see what I present and they're like, yeah, no. <laughs> Or sometimes they're like, we didn't even think of that. Right. You know, it's like we're all like working together. So it's a it's a rare opportunity to have something like that where they're like, we have the time to explore different styles and different ideas. Mm-hmm. And I just I love that. So that's really and if they're like our budget's not as big, they'll usually compromise. And that's usually and I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> but you get that kind of ability to do what you want to do more and they're totally receptive to it so I so make like, compromises so like the editorial work that you you've gotten recently yeah it, it, why, why was that was it the contract was it doing editorial because it was different it was for the audience uh was right so like um because those are things I hear you say so audience is important because you like to do things for kids yes. so what else are you looking for in that contract? Is it, is it time frame? obviously pay. Um, and then creative Liberty is something that you're, um, you love to hear. Yes. Right. So is there anything else, um, like with that editorial piece, if you got another piece like that, or as the first one, what was something that really peaked for you in that regards? Um, so they basically said that they saw some samples that I created and they thought it would be perfect for the article that they were working on. Um, and the timeline was average. It wasn't like generous or completely tight and they were flexible because there was an instance where I couldn't get something to them and I just could only deliver a day later and they were fine with it. Um, so And we communicated really well. She sent samples. She was really clear as to what they were looking for. That also helps too. Um, They have an idea of what they want for this project. And they thought that I would be uh, like a good, good, I would be able to provide what they needed. Um, Sometimes having clear art direction is also a really good factor to kind of look. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, you know, um, they find something specifically in your portfolio that they want. And then they send me other things like other examples that they're like, this is something that we would like to see in your work. Not exactly, but we're just showing inspiration from other artists. And I do the same thing. Like, Hey, you know, like I've seen this out there, but I think this done in your style will be awesome. So I also do that too, because I don't want the illustrator to think that like, I want you to design something that looks just like this illustrator's work. Like, no, there's just something in there, some flavor in there that I think that you could apply to your work. That'll just push it to the edge. And that's really great because when, you know, I've had art directors that just send something and they don't even say anything. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, so I just have 
like I could come up with a concept, I could do this, which is awesome. And I love doing that. But at the same time, it's just going to be more time on my part, right? It's going right. to take more time because not only do I have to show concept in the sketches, because I came up with these concepts, um, I have to do the illustration itself. So that's a whole other component as to where an art director is like, we want this on the cover and this and this and that. And right. then boom. So those are my sketches. It's your idea. And I could show three different variations of what, what your concept is. And so I'm sure if you're, if you're concepting, that's also comes with a price tag too. Cause it does. Right. That's something else that now you have to allot time for it. It can't be the same price as if you're just art taking art direction. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you have to put that in your like, Oh yeah. So this is like, you know, uh, one one fee that you're charging but like now it's probably going to take how many more hours to come up with the concept right. so you got to put that all into your fee and if it's going to take and then i i tell them i'm like this is going to take me more time so i'm going to have to charge more and then sometimes they'll be like that's fine that's fine right. and then sometimes they're like you know what no we're we'll get the concepts to you right yeah like just don't feel bad about communicating because right. I've, I've felt bad in the past and I'm like, I'll just eat it because this is awesome and I'll just do it. No, just communicate. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, they're, they work with illustrators all the time and everyone has questions and concerns. And I do too on my end when I work with illustrators. So I'm going to ask you some sort of faster, hopefully questions. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I know you have had, uh, you're near New York City, so it may yeah. be a little bit easier for you to kind of develop relationships with more art directors, physical, you know, like you can go to lunch or you met with them or you go to an AIGA, AIGA event or something. Yes. Um, so, and a lot of people don't have that. They're in smaller cities or something. So, um, what, do you have any uh, tactics that you would suggest, maybe in person or not, of how people could possibly get um, start relationships with or with somebody that they actually met? You to know start relationships where they actually met, like okay, because um, I cause, always because you're you're in New York, so there may be more opportunities creatively to go to meetups or creative mornings or things like that. Obviously with a child, you can't really do that all the time. No, but um, that kind of is where there's the opportunity, but you just can't because of the time constraints. But what about where people don't really have as many opportunities? How would you suggest? Cause I still think some face to face, is there conferences that you think are worthwhile that, um, or other kind of meetups that people could plan or should plan to, to participate in so that, or maybe workshops or I don't know. Do you have any yes. ideas? I know there's a bunch of different ones all over the United States. Like I know there's the icon, um, mm -hmm. in the Pacific Northwest. I, I should really go to these things. I'm not really, but maybe I'm, not yet. Cause you're not yet in situation. Right. But I've never, I've never really wanted to go to these things because I'm not so extroverted. Um, I've been trying to train myself to be, I think you're doing myself. great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm always like, that's a lot of people in a room. <laughs> I don't know. I feel about that. I think a lot of designers and illustrators have that in that's, it is a, um, hindrance because they, they do feel really overwhelmed by that. It is. Right? And it's a lot of energy and I'd rather just be here drawing and doing my own thing and posting on social media. Like I, but 
you know, it's really good to get yourself in these places. And it doesn't have to be something as large as Icon. It could right. be like smaller meetups with right. other illustrators in your area on meetup.org or like, you know, working, not working does like you have to, you know, be approved to get into the site, but they have like, they're starting to do little meetups with local illustrators and designers. Um, it, it's it, because then these illustrators know other people, they mm -hmm. see your work and they're exposed to you. It's all about expose exposure. Um, you know, and when you make these contacts, it's important to exchange information. Like I'll take somebody's card right. and I'll put them on my mailing list or, you know, I'll try to remind myself to email them in my little calendar invite, email so-and-so from da 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 da. Like this, this That's a great list idea. is like so long. Yeah. And you don't want to scare yourself because sometimes I'm like, oh crap, look at how long, I'm never going to right. do this. Right. But like sometimes I just break them up. Like, I'm going to eat, I'm going to send out personal emails to people and see how they're doing. And if there's anything that I could do to help them out versus sending a mailing. Right. So right. I'll have two different, actually, I need to find that email, that, that uh, calendar invite, because I need to bring it to the current stage of my life. But it's good to have these movable parts because you could just kind of like shift and move and copy and, you know, that really helps me. Yeah. Just, you know, I can't remember all the people, but I know at that time. So my trick is to immediately write it down as soon as you remember. Don't say you're going to do it later because you're not. Right. I, I won't because I'm going to forget. So as long as it's in, it's in the digital calendar, I'll, it's gonna, I'm going to remember it, that it's written down somewhere. Okay. So and this is a – oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So this is another kind of quick question, I think. Yes. So how often do you play on or off the computer with drawing tools or new techniques? Uh. Unfortunately, not as much as I would like to, but like, <laughs> but I think that that's good to know because I think yeah. that's something everybody struggles with, right? Yeah, it, it you know, like I buy things all the time and then I never use them. <laughs> and I'm like, I spent a hundred dollars on those markers and I haven't used them, but I see them and I feel guilty every time I see <laughs> them, and that guilt propels me to, to use them. So I will, I, I'll leave them there and they're just staring at me, and then I'll you know, I have like 10 minutes and I just start drawing with them and that's fine because it doesn't have to be like, I'm sitting here for four hours exploring right. the wonderfulness that are these markers and paint and everything. No, like, and that's what I, I put all this pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be that way. Wake up lady. So like <laughs> I have my markers here and I'm like, Ooh, I have 10 minutes. Like awesome. So I'm just going to like draw something and awesome. I just use the markers and I don't have to feel guilty anymore. So this is something else I think people feel guilty about is, yes. and I'm one of them. Um, yes. I, so you created this awesome toaster self-promotion yes. a few years ago. Do you create a new promotion every year? So I know like Josh Lewis, he creates like a mailer, just like a postcard mailer yeah. or a little booklet or something every like four, uh, every three months. So it's four That's times awesome. a year or three times a year. But sometimes yeah. that seems like way too much. Like that's, I don't know if I could do that. So how often are you doing that? And like that toaster calendar was really intense. Like that would have been a lot of, uh, it would have been expensive and it would have possibly, so obviously you're not sending it to 200 people. So you're having a more, you know, niche down list, but how often are you coming up with that? Because that's something I haven't really incorporated into my schedule and I need to, I know I need to, but I don't know. So how often do you do that? 
Um, I wrote off that toaster calendar for like two years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So much work. Um, And I sent it, like I I sent it out to new people. And then some, some people actually asked for it again. They're like, do you have like, you know, the 2018 version of this? Cause it was awesome. And I really liked it. Awesome. Yes. I'll send it to you again. So, but I, I think it's really, I think it's important to send something at the end of the year. Like there have been times where I've been so pinched because it's so crazy. Not only mm. are the holidays coming along, everybody wants to get everything done by the end of the year. You have your own personal life going on and there's projects that people are trying to wrap up by the end of the year. Right. So it's like a tsunami of, of stuff happening all at once. So it's good to plan if you want to do a mailer or like, you know, you want to do a calendar or a fold out or something, you, right. need, you know, or something that like they'll want to hang up on their wall. So they'll remember you. Um, but I'm, I, I didn't do that last year. I so ideally, yeah. if you do it once every two years, you think that that's a, especially if it's a bigger thing, and these are for new potential clients yes. or people that you've made contacts with that haven't ever used you, right? Yeah, and I would I, I try to do something once a year, um, okay. and then I try to send emails in between. Okay. Because not only are, is printed material, it's expensive, you know, and oh, it's yeah. consuming, like, you know, and so many people are just in the digital world anyway, but I like to do at least sending something physical to my contacts once a year. Okay. Here's another yes. quick one. I know okay. we have like five minutes left. Yes. We're doing great. Uh, um, all right. So what's something you've learned this year that's been a game changer? And I know you've had a lot of, of personal things going on too. So it could be personal or it could be um, a professional. So what's something that you've learned that's been a game changer? Changer. Ask for help. It's, mm. it's very difficult for me because um, I never like to ask anybody for help. And, um, and it's something that I know why I have a problem asking for help, but now, <laughs> and I'm like, girl, you need to like put that crap aside. And when you need help, you need to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So I have a sister that lives not too far away. And there have been, I'm also, I also have an Airbnb that I manage. And there've been times where like, I get a call from the maid and she's like, the toilet's clogged and it's a hot mess in here. <laughs> and I'm home working or I'm in the office working. And then my sister's home and I'm like, can you please, can you please go? Cause I have someone checking in at three o'clock to the, to the condo. And normally I wouldn't have done that. Normally I probably would have just left, but you know, there's, you have to, you know, cause people ask me for mm-hmm. help and if I can, I will. Right. And I need to start and I'm starting to do that asking neighbors. Like I need to run out. My son's asleep and I need to go pick something up or whatever. Like they're like, okay, fine. You know, it takes a community to like, mm. you know, to survive really. Yeah. And don't feel bad about asking. I mean, you don't want to be that person that's constantly asking for favors because, you know, then people are going to be less inclined to help you. But you also <laughs> but can't be the person who's never given never favors, asked. right? Yeah, exactly. You, if you ask, you also have to be willing to help, which I think you are. So yes. it's, it's just about having a balance. So this kind of feeds into that next question, which yes. may be the same answer. Uh-huh. So how is your time management? You've told us a lot of time management stuff today especially yes. marketing tips which I think is awesome I'm so yeah, excited. I have so I have so many notes already and I have so many things that are I'm started so I <laughs> all right so this is how so how is you know uh how is your time management while you juggle being a mom and an entrepreneur so because sometimes I would think you would get ideas when you're with your son do you take notes on your phone with Siri do you how, how are you juggling just the 
being a single mom and being an entrepreneur? You know, you just, I mean, you just have to, like I said, ask for help. And Mm -hmm. then sometimes there's going to be nobody there to help you. And there have been times where I had to get a file out and it was an emergency and I had my son and he basically played with Bed Bath & Beyond coupons for like the whole time. <laughs> I have a serious stash of Bed Bath & Beyond coupons and he's just like, this is amazing. And he played for a whole hour with these coupons. So like be as flexible. You'd be surprised how life kind of, you know, things like this is not an ideal situation to have my son here while I'm working and me, but but it it worked and it's fine. So be as flexible as you possibly can. And you'll be surprised what happens when you are flexible. You're like, Oh, now I know that if I give Maddox bed bath and beyond coupons to play with, I'll probably have an hour to do what I need to do. Or he's not interested in these coupons anymore. Or it's having something. So some sort of hidden toy that he's never played with or some sort of game or something that he could do on his own that he doesn't get to do very often. Yeah. Then that way, it's the it's uh, really uh, he, he savors it so it takes time for him right time. and there's these stressful situations have shown me what I'm capable of doing mm. like if these stressful situations didn't come up I didn't know I could do that with right. Maddox like I didn't know I could ask my neighbor for help because I'm like what am I gonna I, I really need someone here right now what am I gonna do and now we open that line of communication like mm-hmm. stressful situations are always like there's an awesome part and there's a, a bad like a crappy part because it's a stressful situation but like I swear there's always some insight that has come from that because right. you're like in a corner and I'm like what am I gonna do yeah <laughs> so, yeah and you take that and you're like, awesome. Now I know what to do and it's not going to be as stressful anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that sometimes stressful situations make you reach out mm-hmm. to the people who are around you and yes. they want to help you. They just didn't they know you needed help. Right. It's true. It's true. You know, and then they're in a similar situation where like, oh my God, my flight's delayed and my cat hasn't eaten <laughs> all day. Are you home? And I'm like, yes, I will go feed your adorable cat and hang out with your cat for 10 minutes because I can right now. Right. Yeah, like things like that. And we have that you know, like, I'm just going to check in on you to see if like you need anything or whatever. But it's, it's important to have that sense of community, mm. uh, especially right now for me, because, yeah. you know, like I'm going through divorce. And so, and so like, it feels so good to have that like backup. And I feel good to be able to provide that mm-hmm. for other people when I can, because I love right. helping people too, you know, if I can. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh-huh. one of the things you had said, we had talked about having goals and, yes. um, so I think just being able to move forward, especially in kind of rotten times of your life, yes. um, it's really important to have goals. And last time you had said, oh, I want to do some editorial work. That's always been yes. a goal. And now you have some. Yeah. So what's a new goal for you? I want to get a book published in 2019. I really want to. one do- that you make? Yes. And what? you um, write too? Yes. Yes. I'm going to try. <laughs> That's awesome. Try. It's a big goal, but like I, it's, I think it could happen. Do you plan that stuff in? Like, do you already have time for writing or time for illustrating? Yes. And then you kind of have a time frame of when you want that project or when you want to start um, shopping that around to different publishers? I do. I do. I have like a rough timeline and like, like I don't set like the overall goal of when I'll, I guess like I'll, it helps me. You know what? scratch that. It really does help me because if I'm like, I want to pitch this by the end of the year and I want to pitch this in October, I'll know I could work backwards from that. 
it's yeah. easiest for me to do that, to think of like, oh, all right, where's the final of this project? Like, and where's like the ultimate goal that I, where I want to get this to by the end of the year. And that is it. And then I could work backwards and then I'll make time, like, you know, a couple hours on the weekend. And then I'll also make a calendar invite and put that in there or put post-its all over my computer to constantly remind myself. Um, but <clears throat> those calendar invites with the reminders are so helpful. It's like, work on your book, <laughs> work on your book yeah. every hour. And then I'll like torture myself because I'll be like, I'm going to put five notifications on that invite. <laughs> so I can't get sidetracked. I'm doing laundry because I know myself. Right. And I'm like, fine, Angela from two weeks ago. God, I'll go to my desk and work on my illustration. So yeah. I think that's, so you're really doing your schedule about two weeks in advance. Yeah. And you're booking out things so that you know what is going on and you have these goal jobs, these personal yes. projects scheduled in. And yes. I think that that's, you um, have to, yeah. Cause it's, it's like the week just gets away. Cause sometimes I don't do that. And like, I'll have a day where I'm working from home and I forgot to plan the mm. night before. And I sit here and I'm like, Ooh, I love these earrings on Etsy. This is amazing. <laughs> and it's like three o'clock and I'm like, what? Because right. I didn't make a plan for myself the day before. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, I yeah, I know myself. So I have to plan. I have to plan and I have to put it on the calendar because then I feel guilt because I wrote mm. it down and I didn't execute. So, well, and that also helps you move forward, right? Even it if does. it's a small little, even if it's a small Baby task. Steps. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't have to feel like I need to work. Like I said before, like it doesn't have to be a four hour increment because that's what I put on myself and it doesn't need to be that heavy. Like it could just be a half hour and you get like, if you had that half hour of focus, you'd be surprised how far mm -hmm. you could go sometimes where like I give myself a three hour slot and I feel like I barely did anything because so, I'm like, I know I have three hours. Right. <laughs> so I actually found you on LinkedIn and that was uh, me and you connected, I think there. Yes, for, that's right. Yes. And then, and to me, uh, you had posted something. It was well-written and the illustration or the lettering was amazing. I Thank you. It could have been both. Yeah. Um, but I remember being so, um, that it was this full package. So it wasn't just a post without text that you, yes. you were thinking about all these things. So it, it, I am so excited that I got to know you. I'm getting to know you, I guess. And I am, I am going to make sure everybody knows if you didn't catch her last time, you can always go to her website, which is Signorina Navarra.com. I'm going to spell it S I G N O R I N A N A V A R R A. All these will be in the show notes under the YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, if, if you're in iTunes, it's under, it's in the description. So you can get all that. It's all there. Um, and then you can also find her. She has stuff on sale at Etsy, etsy.com slash slop, not slop, shop <laughs> slash do-da uh -huh. studio, D-O-O-D-A-A -O -O studio, S-T-U-D-I-O. And then you can find her on Instagram at senorina underscore Navarra. And then on LinkedIn at Angela Navarra. So all those are in the chat and they will also all be underneath. So Angela, thank you so much for taking the time today and sharing. I mean, I really, I wrote a ton of Yay! notes all so over. I needed more and I feel like we got our questions done. So I hope Yay! you guys, um, doc, thanks for writing some questions in the chat. And I hope that you guys enjoy next week for me is a, just a rapid recharge. I'm going to talk about some things that I'm going to be working on and I will have the 
Patreon up. It is it is going to happen. It is close. It will be there next uh, week. I know it's right before Thanksgiving, but that's my that's going to be my contribution mm-hmm. to the uh, thing. Is I'm going to give you a little uh, some things that I've been working on, and, and I'm definitely in going to implement so many of these things that you said today because I think I'm just kind of scattered and mm-hmm. I'm not doing some of the things that are really making an impact to some of the goals that I have. Yeah. So I, Angela, I can't tell you how much you've inspired me today. Awesome. I'm so, so glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm really thankful. So guys, you can always follow me at, um, at design recharge on Twitter or Instagram. Um, and I'm working on a, a little project that I did the mid century modern thing with, uh, Brad Woodard and Dustin Lee from Retro Supply. So hopefully I'll be posting that on C. Diane Gibbs. That's a letter C because that's my first name starts with a C. And I, so that's Brad Woodard is the next one after my rapid recharge. So on the 28th, after Thanksgiving, we'll have Brad Woodard on. And I'm excited to introduce you to another designer slash illustrator that's really doing a lot of stuff in a retro feel Um, And he has a lot of different income streams. And so I think that's one thing, Angela, you've done. You haven't just gotten all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. You're trying different things, but he's doing it in a different way. So I'm excited to have him on and I hope you guys will join us. So um, Angela, thank you. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Yes. So I, uh, you just really have, you've inspired me in a ton of different ways. So thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Anytime. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll see you guys next week. It'll be just me, but I'll see you next week. Bye, guys.